0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sing to the Lord, the podcast that breaks down how the Lutheran hymnody is preaching the gospel. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. What you're hearing is the hymn, O Wondrous Image, Vision Fair. Welcome back to Sing to the Lord. I have two wondrous images in front of me. We're talking about Oh wondrous image, vision fair, with Lars Olson and Zachary Brockhoff. Thanks for being back on the podcast. You too. Thanks for having us here, Mason. Yeah,
1: that's easy to say when nobody can see us. So <laughs> well, I, I
0: and, and I mean, when we're talking about the transfiguration, I'm, I'm, uh, I. I I'm like a vampire. I don't tan, so uh, <laughs> I, I, the sun might be bla- blazing off my skin. Uh, onto, so you, so uh, you recall being Jesus? In yeah, this I, story I don't like, think I'm they're... actually that bright, but um, pretty close to it, probably. So, yep. yeah. So it is Transfiguration Sunday, and Zachary has picked uh, this this hymn that really talks about the story of the Transfiguration.
1: Um, Zachary, tell us uh, what we need to know about this tune and this text. Yep. So the the uh, text and tune itself, well, you get a little bit of um, information about the text just in the hymnal, If you, uh, even if you didn't do any other reading. It, it tells you a little bit where it comes from. So, it's a, a Latin hymn out of the 15th century, and it comes out of a, a liturgy rite that uh, developed into eventually what was the Book of Common Prayer for the Anglicans. So, um It was rather expansive in uh, its language and and hymnody, and so um, out of this interest in the transfiguration at that time, this hymn was written. So even things that are ancient apparently get written for specific reasons, right? People (laughs) say, well, we're really kind of into this transfiguration text, can we write something useful? And that's how the, the text itself developed.
0: Or it could be be like what happens every week when you're trying to pick a hymn, right? Like, we need something for this week. Let's write something something up for Transfiguration. Exactly.
1: Yes. Um, Some people do those sorts of things, and some are more successful than others. So this is one that's uh, stood the test of time. You don't have to go looking uh, too far. It's right there. The tune itself is interesting. Um, Some people might Uh, know this musically um, as the Agincourt hymn. Um, It appears in music in different places. Um, And uh, I read in one place that it uh, was um, written originally to celebrate a victory of uh, King Henry V. Um, And so, uh, later, now repurposed sort of to sing of uh, the victory of Christ, Um, which is interesting. So it appears in um, fragments, sometimes not exactly this tune, um, in different places musically. So it has um, some basis in the church and some basis actually in, in the secular world.
0: Well, jump into the hymn a little bit for us, and um, tell us what it means to share in the glory of the transfiguration. As yeah. It picks so the up.
1: first, the first thing I, when I read the first stance, I thought, well, this is hilarious, right? We get to transfiguration, and nobody knows really what that means. <laughs> um, it's not nearly as clear as Good Friday when Jesus dies, and we can pretty much uh, paint a mental picture. And the resurrection, as miraculous as it is, with uh, some picture gets conjured up, and we kind of know what the result is. Jesus is back in uh, living. Back in action. We're back in action. Uh, here, we're singing about a wondrous image that the church shares, and yet we might struggle to describe exactly what that is. Um, and I thought, well, what a weird thing to say. Write something for transfiguration that everybody can sing, and we start with a picture that we're not really sure what it is, even today, <laughs> um, after all these years. But I think... Um instead of trying to agree upon what transfiguration must have been like, uh, uh, or imagining what that might be so that we can share it, um, I think the glory in this is actually what, uh, what both the Father says, listen to Christ, and then what Christ has to say, tell nobody about this until I've risen from the dead. That's actually the glory... And what the transfiguration is simply saying is, uh, look who I am in in fullness, right? This is God uh, come for you to do these things, um, which, which the Father makes clear. And Christ, uh, even in his um, uh, hushed tones, <laughs> um, uh, says, um, I'm, I'm here to rise from the dead for you. It's really amazing how the transfiguration gets... Um
0: you're right that it's very confusing to people or not quite sure what, to, what what this is doing, but the transfiguration in 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 kind of a simple fashion um, moves from Jesus doing like miracles to Jesus heading to the cross. Mm-hmm. That's a very simplistic yeah. way to talk about it. Um, but what happens also on the on the mountain when when uh, when Jesus takes his disciples up there is they 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 get kind of enamored with the with the vision, the, the brightness and the sure. glory and the divinity of Christ. And he, they have to be reminded, as you pointed out, um, that no, he's going to die, <laughs> right? Uh, and so, uh, one of the things that has to happen, you know, even in this hymn, when you start talking about um, seeing the glory, you have to hear what the transfiguration is doing, is saying, uh, yes, this is the glorified Christ who is going to the cross, mm-hmm. so that the c- glory of God finally isn't in... Um, the, 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 the beaming wonderment of it, but it is in what God is doing in Christ on the cross. Those are now connected. So you can't just, as the disciples want to do, say, let's just stay here. Right. Right? No, Christ is not going to be uh, stopped to do this. And so when you're talking about the glory that you see and that, that Christ is bringing to the world, the, the glory of God's kingdom is finally going to be given on the cross, not on the mountain. Mm. which is a really strange thing. So when we're talking about glory Mm -hmm. and Transfiguration Sunday, or even in this hymn, the wonderment and the amazing and the strange thing even disappears because it all vanishes and who's left, it says, but Jesus only. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yes, you don't want to say, well, this never happened. This is miraculous nonsense and skip it, but you have to hold the Transfiguration and the cross in as one kind of glory together.
1: Yeah, I I was thinking too that while the hymn begins addressing glory uh, um and the vision itself I found it um helpful that the fourth stanza also talks about the great vision's mystery. Yeah, <laughs> right? That I, I mean I think whether whether it's um I don't know uh, a theologian, a, mu- uh, a musician, a lay person, or just Christians generally feel the need to have all the answers, right? And be able to explain exactly how this worked uh-huh. um, and what it is. And, uh, and the mystery, t- as I was thinking about it, is, is made clear in all of the uh, babbling by the disciples about building uh, dwellings. You know, or tense, or however it's translated, right? right? It's like they're there, and they can't even explain what in the world is going on. It's nice that the hymn, the hymn uh, acknowledges that even as we're raising our faithful hearts on high, the the vision itself is a bit mysterious. But the joy that Christ is is going to the cross and through the open tomb to give uh, this is what we celebrate. Right. So holding that intention. Um, on this day and being kind of honest about it, uh, I think can be helpful. Yeah. Well, even towards the, the very
0: last line of the, of the hymn talking about seeing, um, this glory face to face, right? Um, yes, finally you get to see Christ's face, not just in, in his, um, shining wonderment, uh, but in the mystery also of the cross. How does this become good for you? Sure. Right?
1: Yeah. Well, and and Christ's last words of saying, don't tell anybody until I've risen from the dead. Now, the good news in the hymn is, um, uh, we are those who have been told. Right. Right? (laughs) And who have this. And and, uh, that's why we can sing about the glory in a way that the disciples uh, at that moment, um, though they had experienced something wonderful, um, really didn't understand. So...
0: Well, if we back up to the second stanza, sure. um, is there anything behind the retelling of the transfiguration being so brief in this hymn?
1: Yeah, I, well, some some go, uh, and we'll talk about one uh, maybe in a minute too. But some go into great detail. This seems to sort of retell the events quickly, and then the rest is sort of a commentary about um, what, uh, how how those singing are responding to to the retelling. Um I found it interesting that the the hymn was originally six stanzas. Um as it's printed here stanza 2 uh is is sort of a mishmash of of two. <laughs> um which in a way can be helpful because it's holding these things in contrast. Um Christ who's chatting with Moses and Elijah which is which is which is um sort of made especially clear, I suppose, in in Mark's account because it's so uh, uh, short in the way he's telling stories, right, <laughs> sentence mm-hmm. by sentence. Right. And yeah, he's over there chatting and here's Peter doing his thing. Um, but the hymn does this too, um, not in a flippant way, but in a way I've always sort of found funny, you know, uh, brief in a brief phrase saying... Christ holds conversation with these people, Uh, and now we're moving on. Uh, God has something to say. And so, that contrast between the conversation that's going on and we don't hear anything about versus what God the Father shows up to say, this is my son, um, that's some of the tension. But the original um, stanzas uh, from which this uh, stanza is taken go this way. Tale for all ages to declare... For with the three disciples there, where Moses and Elijah meet, the Lord holds converse, high and sweet. So this is for everyone to know: uh, God can, uh, God, Jesus is there in speaking with Moses and Elijah and in conversation. But now here's here's the, the the contrast in the original text: the chosen witnesses stand nigh of grace, the law and prophecy. So we have Elijah and Moses. Um, well, Moses and Elijah, law and prophet and grace, Christ. And from the cloud, the Holy One bears witness to the only Son. Um, It's a little bit more uh, when you separate those out, uh, conversation and um, actually what you are to hear and listen.
0: Actually, I I think that's actually a really important point, um, that one of the things that's happening in the transfiguration, of course, is that um, uh, Moses and Elijah are giving way now to... Christ, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, They vanish and Christ is left alone. Um, So that, yes, uh, as as we like to talk about, uh, all of the law and the prophets are pointing at Jesus and that's
1: what it's supposed to be doing.
0: Well, are there any other hymns that we could sing this weekend? Sure.
1: Um, last year we talked about "Beautiful Savior," so you can run to that option and perhaps listen to the podcast from last Transfiguration if you'd like that. The other one, uh, the other options um, tend to be right next door because the way the most hymnals are organized. Um, so, one right next door to that is ELW 315. "How Good Lord to Be Here," um, and this is republished, reprinted in many hymnals, which will include. Um, uh, that's a little bit funny because we we borrow uh, the words of the disciples, not quite sure uh, what they're doing, and uh, and yet we sing them. But <laughs> but it is finally helpful, um, and it's a tune that most people know, so that would be a good option um, because it picks right up on that scripture. The other one that might be a little bit off the the uh, uh, well worn path of transfiguration hymns would be "Love Divine, All Loves Excelling," which is interesting um, because. <clears throat> the final stanza um, uh, g- goes this way. Finish then thy new creation, pure and spotless, let us be. Uh, let us see thy great salvation. Um, and, and begins to say this, this purity with which we might picture the transfiguration is actually what Christ has come to give Right, um, that that we are uh, that we now join in that glory as as uh, the the first hymn sings, and so uh, it's a lovely tune that um, everybody sings at weddings, and uh, it should be sung perhaps more often uh, outside of that context, and uh, and can even be broken up in worship uh, to be sung at different points. So those would be two options, and if not, run back to beautiful Savior and. Uh, Well, you'll keep most people happy that way, but sing a less good hymn.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on Sing to the Lord. Check the show notes for Zachary's stanza-by-stanza commentary, as well as a list of other hymns we recommend. See you next week.